Howdy, howdy, do fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. We are back for episode 235. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And let's do this. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? I hope you've all had a cracking three weeks. Yeah, and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related, yes. Howdy, do and welcome back to all of you. It's been a a, a few weeks uh, grace period for us. We've not been behind the mic doing anything at all, but now we are back. It's been completely my fault. Completely my fault. I've moved the big blue box of studio to another location i've moved house i'm up the road um but now i'm all settled i'm all i'm all good so um yes it's it's great to be recording again and, and chatting with adam I've, I've missed you bud i've missed you lots yeah i know and you mate yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for the listeners benefit gary i can see why gary was so keen to move he's now in his own little bat cave aren't you you've got your own <laughs> little room all your little bits and bobs on the shelf his own little office i can see why you couldn't wait to get in there yeah, it looks very cool. Yeah, cheers, man. It's um, yeah. So I work from my, my day job. I need to work from home. So I wanted somewhere I could have my own office, my own little studio, and whatnot. So uh, yes, I'm in here. Everything's set up. I've painted the walls. I've got all new furniture and bookcases, and it's all good. I, I feel at home. Let's put it that way. Well, that Doctor Who fans may be slightly disappointed to hear that all the merch I can see behind you is Star Wars, you traitor. Where's, the, where's all the Doctor Who merch? Yeah, so... Uh, I, he's going to tell me it's to the other side that I can't see. Of course, yeah. It is It's yeah. completely the other side. It's You can't see it on the camera. But trust me, I've got all of the Doctor Who merch, all of my books and... Yeah, all the merch is out, mate. I'll, um, I'll send you a pic later. Cool. Just yeah. as proof. What is weird as well is you've got a window to your left 
exactly the same as you had in the room that you recorded in previously. Because when you first popped up on Skype, I was like, oh, has he, has he not moved yet? <laughs> it, looks, it almost looked for a second like you were in the same room. Did yes. you insist on that? You're like, I must have a window on the left. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea how, how much planning time went into. Where do I, where do I put the desk? Does it yeah. go on this wall, that wall? So I, I settled on this one just to maximise the, the space and whatnot. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. The window's in pretty much identical place it is, as it was yeah. in the old room. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Indeedy, yeah, yeah. yes. I love it. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's, as I said, it's great to be back and recording and putting some Doctor Who stuff in, in, in you guys' ears for a while. Uh, over yeah, I missed, I've missed the intro. I don't know about you, listening to that intro oh, again. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, missed all this. Indeed, yeah. So for 235 coming up, we have got uh, a bunch of news and merch to get through mm. uh, because we've had, uh, we haven't done any for a few weeks and it was a bit light before we stopped recording. So episode yeah. 234, there's only a couple of bits, but we have got a, a full house. And then we're on to our review of the Sarah Jane Adventures, Prisoner of the Jadadoon. Your Jadoon. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll be seeing more of them again, won't we? We'll be seeing more of them in series twelve, apparently. Oh, for series twelve, of course, yeah. Yeah. So yes. yeah, we didn't know that when we picked. Well, we didn't pick it, did we? Because we're doing them in order. But yeah, it's kind of timely that we're doing this one. I think. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But how have you been, my good man? What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been really good actually. Yeah, I've been I've been keeping myself quite busy <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's not entirely your fault. We could recall. I mean, obviously you were moving, which is a mammoth thing. And um, as a lot of listeners know, I started a new job as well, which has just made you know getting together more difficult. So yeah, life things have been getting in the way of recording. But so uh, hopefully we're back on track now. So Stupid yeah, life. I've been good. Um, I have managed to cram in some fantastic Doctor Who related things over the last couple of weeks. Um, first off, I managed to get a ticket to the BFI, uh, Planet of the Dalek screening, um, which was fantastic. It was another brilliant event. I mean, me and you have been to a couple. I know you couldn't make this one because of obviously moving and stuff, but um, it was, you know, the same format. They showed uh, all six episodes, which... <laughs> I was a bit. I was worried it was going to be a bit of a slog. I must admit, not because of the story or anything, but you know, sometimes watching six episodes back to back, you might need a little break. And with these, they just show them, you know, all together. Um, and plus, there was a Q and A. Plus, we got to see a couple of new extras, so we were in there for quite a long time. Uh, but I have to say, it, it all worked. It was it was brilliant, actually. Great Q and A with Katie Manning. Um, I think she's the best person I've seen on stage at the Q on the BFI events. Oh yeah. Because she's just so, she can't sit still. She was just, <laughs> when she was telling stories, she was up and she was animated and she was acting them out. And, um, you know, at the start where they do the little competition where they give out a few prizes before it all kicks off, um, she jumped up and was like, oh, can I, you know, they normally have someone running around with a microphone and stuff. She's like, oh, can I do that? And they were like, yeah, if you want to. So <laughs> she was running around with the mic talking to people and it, she was just amazing, mate. And after it finished... Um, you know, sometimes they come out and sign and last time Annika Wills was put in a little room and charged the tenor. Katie just was out there <laughs> straight away. There, there was a massive queue of people. She was just out there. There was no charging for autographs. She was having pictures left, right and center, chatting, hugging. She was honestly absolutely incredible. Um, she really made the day amazing. But, you know, going back to the planet, the Daleks itself, um, we haven't reviewed it, so I won't say too much. Um, 
But I will talk about the new effects a little bit because this I think that was the reason it was picked. So, you know, they very often, if they're going to show a story um, from an, a forthcoming Blu-ray box set, they normally pick the one they've tweaked. And uh, I, I've got to be honest, this time I wasn't overly enthralled with the new effects. I mean, when we went to Legopolis... I thought they worked really well. And I mm-hmm. think for the majority, you quite liked them, didn't you? You like the model yeah. shots. And yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I was expecting more of that. Um, with this one, they're much more CGI. So they're in you know, like the spaceship shots being replaced and it just looked very cartoony. So I'm not, I don't know. I need to see it again, but I wasn't, wasn't too sure about the new effects, to be honest with you. Uh, thankfully, there's only a couple of bits they've altered. So most of it's the same. So that was great. Another great day at the BFI. I can't wait. Uh, for the next one, uh, probably talk about that a bit more when we get onto the news because I think I haven't looked actually. I assume it's in our merch section, is it? It is. I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we'll come to that later. And uh, yeah, so the only other thing I've done is um, last Sunday um, I went to an incredible event in Oldbourne. Um, it was called an afternoon in Devil's End. Oh, I saw this. Uh, yeah. Now th- this was great because I didn't think I could go. Uh, because of work, I thought, oh, it's a Sunday, I'll be working, because I work in retail, so, you know, I thought, oh, I won't be able to get off. Anyway, by an absolute unbelievable chance, my boss was like, oh, I don't suppose you could swap your days this week, but you do get the Sunday off. I was like, oh, go on then. <laughs> you twisted me <laughs> so, arm, go on. You twisted me arm, yeah, I'll go on, I'll have Sunday off then, and I'll, I'll work Thursday, that's fine. Uh, so I did that, and... um but then I was like, oh, no, they haven't got any tickets. So I emailed the organiser and said, oh, just if you get any returns, I've managed to get the day off. Can you, can you let me know? Anyway, they did. They got two tickets returned. And uh, so I managed to get a ticket to it. Um, and it was it was unbelievable, mate. It was just what they did is they had Katie Manning, John Levine, Richard Franklin and Darren was, oh, I can never say a day, right? <laughs> let me get it right. I was doing that all day as well. Uh, Damaris. Damaris, isn't oh, yeah, it? Heyman, yeah. who played yeah. Miss Hawthorne. Yeah, so they had those four actors and they were at different sort of location spots in Oldbourne where they filmed the Damons um, and just giving a little talk about each bit and, you know, you just walk around the locations and then they, they did a photo shoot on the green uh, with all the actors in a, in Bessie and it was, it was incredible. Um, the weather was just like, it was just teetering on rain all day and so they said if it rains we won't be able to do the photo shoot on the green. We'll have to do it inside and do it as green screen. And we were all like, oh no, because you know, you want it, you're there. You want it on the road. So anyway, it was sort of spitting all day and we kept thinking, oh, come on, just let's get the photos done. Come on. Anyway, they did them last thing. And well, the timing was literally like they just managed to get it done. And then then it started to rain literally as they did this finish the last shoot. It was unbelievable. Um, So that was really good. It was amazing. Just, so yeah, um, I mean Katie Manning again, just incredible. Um, Richard Franklin is such a lovely chap as well. He just really, really nice listening to him chat. Um, Darren <laughs> Damaris, I will say that right, um, <laughs> is obviously you know quite. I think she's ninety now. Um, she had such lovely memories. I got quite emotional when she talked because she was just so proud of. of being in dot two it was incredibly emotional but she was amazing the only downside i mean john levine <laughs> i think upset a lot of few people oh you do john levine me. is well he's just a bit of a force tour de force i mean i just i don't know really what to say about john levine he, whereas all the actors stood at their spot and talked about the stories john levine launched into a sort of biography filled with f's and 
expletives and there were kids there as well and it was all just a bit he was talking about he didn't talk about the story at all he was sort of talking about wow really random stuff that isn't even appropriate for me to talk about on the podcast to be honest it was a bit strange it was a bit strange and i know a few people were a bit um a bit put off by by him but uh, yeah john levine is john levine i think i because i've met him a few times over the years i wasn't particularly surprised by some of the stuff he was saying but um yeah i think he I wouldn't say upset a few people, but I saw a few people walking off, you know, away from his talk, um, which was a shame because the other talks were were brilliant. Like mm-hmm. Katie was fantastic t- talking about John Pertwee and so was Richard. And uh, and as I said, Dam- Damaris was um, lovely. So, yeah, an amazing event down in Oldbourne last Sunday. And thankfully, the weather hold off till we got in the back in the hall and uh, got a few autographs signed and stuff. So, yeah, so I've had a really good couple of weeks, really. It's been been great. So, yeah, I'm feeling absolutely shattered, but I'm, I'm glad to be off today and back in front of the mic and, yeah, just getting back to some sort of routine, really. Yeah. What about you, mate? What have you been up to? Oh, I've... No surprises to anyone. I've not just done anything. Moving. Doctor Who just, Lifting yeah. Boxes. I've spent the last 10 days, I think, just knee deep in boxes and unboxing and building furniture and painting and more moving stuff. And yeah, so I've not had the, I literally haven't had the chance to do any, any kind of um, chill and even watch any Doctor Who really. Um, yeah, I've just been doing boring life stuff, mate. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. when you move. They say it's one of the most stressful things in life, isn't yeah. it, to move house? Yeah. Boxing everything up and, yeah. Yeah, so that's been me, buddy. The only one little tiny thing that I noticed, and it's not Doctor Who related, really, um, is did you see the announcement for Mackenzie Crook's reimagination of Wurzel Gummidge? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, a very strange first publicity picture, I thought. Mm, quite a different He looks look. like Freddy Krueger. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, so I thought I'd mention that because you know Pertwee, you we're both fans. Pertwee. Yeah, so we're big, huge, we're huge fans, aren't we, of uh, of old words also? Oh, yeah. I love the original series. Actually, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, and it seems an unbelievable coincidence as well, considering they're just about to launch a new TV show. But um, I don't know if you've got the original DVDs, have you? I've, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Because they, I mean, the stories are brilliant. We love them. We both love them. But I think you'll agree with me. The quality of the picture is sometimes quite shocking. Like, oh, especially I the thought first the first one. episode, yeah. yeah, the first one looks almost black and white because yeah. the colours are so drained. Well, anyway, in an unbelievable coincidence, <laughs> somebody, probably Philip Morris, uh, but I don't think it was, somebody has found the original negatives because apparently they didn't have them. So that's why the quality is so bad in the DVDs because they had to use whatever source material they'd got somebody has found the original negatives. No way. So they are hoping that with the renewed interest in the show, they're going to clean them all up and probably release a Blu-ray set and they're going to look amazing. And I thought, as Worlds of Gummage fans, that's just the best news because, yeah, you'll put up with them on DVD because you love them so much, but the quality is not that great. So, wow, can you imagine that? Prestine Gummage on Blu-ray. That would be amazing. It does, doesn't it? I couldn't believe it. I was like, so what, they've just, they've literally just found them now. They opened a tin and, oh, there's a new series coming out. Oh, look, it's the new <laughs> negative. But anyway, I don't really care because it's, it's brilliant, dude. So I hope that happens because it's nothing definite. It was just, it's definite that they found them, but they just assume that they'll, you know, use them. So I hope that's going to happen. But yeah. what did you think of the new look, mate? Sorry to go off on a wheels of gummies thing. What did you think of it? Because it is strange. Yeah, I think it is strange. I think, um, I think it's one of those things in in some franchises. You have a certain look, and, and that just becomes the look for something over generations. And then when you see something different, yeah. it's very very difficult to detach what you know and love 
to this new thing. So I think it does look a bit weird. It doesn't, it, yeah, I, I, I wasn't impressed, put it that way. I didn't look at it and think, oh, no. oh wow, this is going to be, you know, the look of, of words or the new one's going to be amazing. But I don't know. I think it'd be down to his performance more than anything else. Yeah, and I'm hoping, see. I mean, I think, it, yeah, when it hits the screen, I'm hoping it'll be good. But I'm like you, I, I looked at it and thought, what the heck? Mm. Um, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't even so much the design, but one of the things I love about John Pertwee as words of garbage is all that stuff was stuck to his face. So his face, because <laughs> he was, he, you know, he was a great face puller anyway, wasn't he, Pertwee? He could sort yeah. of, you know, he's a very animated person. So all that stuff, it looked real. He looked like his face was all dirty and had all those bits of straw sticking out of it. It was incredible makeup. Yeah. The Mackenzie Crook one, I mean, as I said, take away the actual design of it, it just looked like a rubbery mask. It did actually, yeah. It did look very yeah. recent. Yeah. And it might look better on screen, but yeah. yeah. We'll see. So, yeah. Apparently Mackenzie Crook's a big lover of this show and that's why he wanted yeah. to do it. I think he's the writer and producer as well, I think. I think so, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Anyways, we'll save this for the Wurzel Gummage podcast. But yeah, no, can you fit it in though? I mean, yeah, yeah we've got so we've got Blake Seven podcast, Doctor Who, Star Wars, and Wurzel Gummage. Yeah, busy. Times. And I think we should do an Incredible Hulk one as well. I've just started rewatching that. Yeah, can why we not? Can fit that one in as well? <laughs> Throw it all in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enough waffle. Shall we land this dude? Do some news. Do some news. Yeah. First up, again, we have to start with sad news. Sad news, I know. Seems to be a bloody trend at the moment. Mm. Uh, but this one's particularly sad for you and other Blake 7 fans, I'm aware of that. Uh, but Paul yeah. Darrow uh, sadly left us um, uh, a few weeks back. Uh, he passed away at the age of 78. Uh, uh, fans of Paul will know that he was uh, known for playing uh, Kerr uh, in Blake 7. And uh, he also appeared in a couple of um, uh, Doctor Who episodes, though. He was in the Silurians and uh, Time Lash in the 80s. Time Lash, yeah. Time Lash, yeah. Uh, so I know this one leaves you with a bit of a, a, a pull on the old heartstrings, mate. Oh, it does. It really does. Because, yeah, obviously, like, Blake 7 is my absolute love. I, I love Blake 7. And we are, we've, we've lost nearly all of the sort of main, well, not all of them, but we've lost some big characters from the show um, over the last couple of years. And uh, I think, um, I think Paul Darrow, I mean, Avon's character is probably, although Blake was the main character, Avon really comes through as the strongest character. And uh, yeah, and I, I will just say, I just want to quickly say, I have, uh, having met him a couple of times over the years, I can genuinely say he was a really top bloke, um, Paul Darrow. He had a really cheeky, fun sense of humor um he was always a good laugh to me um always really fun in the panels um he had this voice as well didn't he sort of a quite a sort of sort of devilishly voice he was very yeah it was it was just a really cool guy and the reason i wanted to say that is because avon's a very serious sort of character a lot of times he's very moody and all this so if ever you got a picture with paul you'd be you'd be having a great laugh with him and chatting and then and I've noticed this with everybody. I've talked to this about Blake Seven fans. Years. Whenever you got a picture with Paul, he went into Avon mode. You always look very serious and sometimes quite moody. And people would say, oh, he looks happy. And he'd be like, oh, no, he's lovely. He was just one of those people. A bit like Capaldi. You know how a lot of people get a picture of Capaldi and he always looks really serious. 
and he's not smiling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Paul was like that. Mm-hmm. He was just a really top bloke, but he always looked so serious because when people were posting their pictures with him after he passed away, I was thinking, oh, he always looks so... I bet anyone who doesn't know him thinks, oh, he looks in misery, but he wasn't. He was He was a really nice guy. And as I said, his humour was... Uh, was yeah, it's just very cheeky. He's a very cheeky chappy and a really fun person to meet. So terribly sad that he's passed away. And I know he had a lot of, um, I know he, he battled, well, I assume it was cancer because he, he, I know he lost his legs a couple of years ago, had his legs amputated. And yeah, he's, he's, he's been through it, I think it's fair to say. But yeah, finally he's passed away. So 78 he was. Indeed. Yeah, sad times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Paul Darrow uh, leaves us. Indeed. Right. In other news, so some good news. Uh, we've got another Doctor Who animation on the way, and this time it's the faceless ones. The Patrick Troughton uh, is coming to DVD, Blu-ray, and exclusive Steelbook. Really pleased to see they're carrying on the Steelbook range because I, I I know you like them as well. I love the Steelbooks. Uh, I just picked up Series Four one actually, which is gorgeous. Uh, so, yeah, mm. after the success of Power of the Daleks and Sharda and the Makatera, Faces Ones will be released next year. We don't have a definitive date yet, do we? Uh, not yet. For, just, for this one, yeah. just next year. Yep. Um, so only two of the six episodes are in the film archives, so they'll be animating the other four. Well, actually, somebody said they're going to animate the whole thing. That's true. And then they're yep. just going to put the two. Yeah, is that what's happening? Yep. So you'll be able to watch it as all animated, or I believe... They'll probably put the other two on there. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do, but yeah. Anyway, that's good news. Um, and uh, it's yeah. I, I mean, I don't know this story particularly, mate. So I don't know about you. It for me, it's going to be quite exciting because it'll be like a new episode to me. I think I've watched the other two years ago. I think they the, the surviving episodes are on like a a DVD. What was it called? The missing episodes or something. I've I've probably seen them, but I can't remember them. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. The um the chameleons are the aliens uh, in question. The in, in this one. Yeah, identity stealing aliens. Oh, sounds right, very okay. cool. Yeah, sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, and these animations, I feel like we need to keep these rolling as well, because as long as the BBC keep getting the budget and the the whatever animation agency does them. As long as they keep doing them, we're going to keep getting them. It's when people start thinking, oh, I can't be bothered. So um, let's, yeah, let's keep the, the hype train for these going because this means that we're going to get animation at least into 2020. So we need mm. to um, hopefully keep these going because there's another two or three stories, isn't there, where um, a bunch of, uh, well, most of the episodes are missing, but the audio yeah. tracks have, have survived in some shape or form. So let's keep these rocking and rolling because until somebody pipes up and says, Oh, actually I've got all these in the shed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, look, they're just under the words of gummage. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this one, I think. And it's got a real, the, the trailer that they've put out for it as well. It's got a really cool, uh, sort of old hammer horror vibe to it as well. And the font they've yeah. used, it's, it looks very cool. Yeah, it does. No, it's, it's really good news. It's good news for us because it fills in. Cause like when we look at our schedule, of what stories we're going to do. And then we get to Troughton and Summer Hartnell and we've got all these big gaps and we think, Oh no, you know, how are we going to review those? Well, this is cool because it's filling in the gaps and it means we will be able to review them. <laughs> and, and also I think the BBC possibly because of the success of the Blu-ray box sets, I think they're trying to fill in. Don't you? I think they're sort of working their way because eventually I assume they're going to release them all. I think so. uh, all seasons yeah. on blue. So I think they're trying to fill in the gaps, which is great. Yeah. That's a good strategy. 
Yeah. Uh, good times. So in other news, uh, our US fans are in for a treat if you're a fan of the 10th Doctor. Uh, the end of time is coming up to its 10th anniversary, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Blimey. I know, right? 10 years. Oh, mm. my, that does make me feel old, yeah. Yeah, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, over in the US, um, we've seen a few of these. We, You and I have covered these over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. The company Fathom Events. Uh, they team up with a bunch of cinema chains out in the US and put on these Doctor Who showings. And the end of time uh, will be um, uh, going out on the 7th of August across a bunch of cinemas in the US. Um, the Obviously, the 10th year anniversary itself won't be until Christmas because that's when it went out, wasn't it, initially? Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, uh, fans will be able to um, uh, take a look at the old... Uh, the website um, for Fathom Events, I think it's just, uh, oh, it's quite a long URL. If you just go to fathomevents.com uh, forward slash events, maybe, um, you should see it on there, Big Doctor Who, David Tennant um, poster. Uh, but a little bit of blurb from the company. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's been nearly 10 years since David Tennant mm-hmm. left Doctor Who in his heartbreaking finale, The End of Time. To commemorate the occasion, BBC Studios and Fathom Events invite you to relive the agony and ecstasy of this absolutely thrilling story on the big screen. You'll see the full two-part adventure, including appearances by fan favourites Billy Piper, Catherine Tate, John Sim, Liz Sladen, John Barrowman and many more. So there we go. If you're out in the in the America and you fancy this, go and have a look at the website. You can see all of the cinemas where it's showing it. You have to put your zip code in. And it will tell you your closest cinema. But yeah, I'd love to see this on the big screen. I know we're big fans of the classic stuff over at the BFI, but mm. seeing this as well would be amazing. So yeah, go and I check must it. admit, I would as well, actually. Mm. I think it'd be really cool to see it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. I like the poster as well. It looks like, is he in front of a big moon or something on there? Anyway, it yeah, like it looks it. very cool. Mm. That's it there for news. There is no more news. That's it. There's no more news. Um, let's crack on with a little bit of tasty merch, shall we? <laughs> Match corner, match corner, match corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know that to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Character options. Those dudes that produce the figures. Yeah. Those dudes. Apparently. Still plugging away. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they're going to be throwing out a bunch of stuff into B&M stores this year. Over the summer. Oh, they love B&M. We love a bit of B&M. Who doesn't like driving around various towns, (laughs) visiting B&M stores, asking the staff who know nothing about the shop, it seems, that they work in, whether or not they have the latest Doctor Who figure. Who doesn't enjoy doing that? Come on. Doctor Who. Yeah, who is it? Doctor what? No, Doctor Who. Who? The Doctor. Yeah, but who? No, Doctor Who. You have that conversation for five minutes. Oh, tell me. I'm dreading it. Yeah, and all it ends up with them saying, well, go and look down the aisle where the toys are. You know, there's the some of the staff members have got this attitude like, well, you're not blind and your legs aren't broken. So why can't you go and look down the aisle where the toys are? So, okay, cool. We're going to have a look. It's, I'll tell you, the worse than that, though, is if you phone them. Don't ever phone B&M. It's awesome. Well, Have you got those new Doctor Who sets? <laughs> oh, is it the ninth Doctor figure set? No, not the one released 10 years ago. I'm on about the new... Uh, anyway. <laughs> they just don't get... They, there needs to be some kind of briefing that's emailed down from head office to say, in the next week, 
you guys are going to be stocking some Doctor Who figures. Now, Doctor Who fans are quite particular and they're hmm. knowledgeable and they know exactly what they want. So you need to be clued up. So when they phone, and they will phone, you know exactly what to say. You either stock them or you don't, and the other branch that will do it is over here. Yeah. But they don't do that. That, w- that would be nice. That, yeah. I mean, that sounds, you, you explained it like that. It sounds quite simple. Why, why can't that be a thing? Yeah. Anyway, what are they getting? Anyways. Loads by the looks of it. Yeah, quite a few bits. So a bunch of sonic screwdrivers, because no one's seen enough. <laughs> enough of them so <laughs> they've opened that blimmin's factory and said why what haven't we what haven't we got rid of yet oh look at all these sonics oh do you know what that's probably yeah there's a put lock up a somewhere new, put them in a new box that, that, yeah they've got an email from big yellow storage so <laughs> yeah you, you took out half a warehouse five years ago and your contract's up just wondering if you want to extend it or get rid of it yeah we'll have them because we've got a contract coming up with B&M. <laughs> anyway, the new Blister Pack series will include electronic versions inspired by the 50th anniversary episode of the 10th, 11th and War Doctor's Sonics. This sounds completely awful. Inspired by? That means, well, we haven't quite got them right. Exactly. So what was they inspired by? And it's the Blister Pack as well. So it's not a box or anything. It's just the plastic oh. molded with a card on the back, it sounds like inspired by mm. so they're not going to be accurate for a start so they sound awful uh for action figure fans uh there are three unique doctor and dalek twin packs inspired by uh the doctor who audio series it, from it, Big d- Finish. does it actually say that again it does yeah and that includes a brand new take on the eighth doctor plus the dalek interrogator <laughs> prime as featured in the story garden of death and then two additional Doctor and Dalek sets to be released from this range, which will feature the Seventh and War Doctors, respectively. They don't sound too bad. No, uh, they sound all right. And then this year, there will be not one, but two new TARDIS and Doctor sets, which will have a completely new take on both the Doctor and the Blue Box, inspired by the adventures spanning the 70s and 80s. Now, that sounds mm. cool. They sound good. And then to complete the summer lineup, there are three brand new collector sets with a range of three figures in each inspired by the classic <laughs> adventures of the second, fourth, sixth, and seventh Doctors. So I'm not sure whether right. to be worried or not where it says inspired by, because are they is that their get-out clause as if to say, well, if fans complain and say, this looks nothing like said you know, person that this is meant to be, they can say, well, it's inspired by, it's not modelled on. Yeah, it does. It does worry me that they've put that in literally every single description. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm amazed how much stuff is. I mean, sort of joking aside, I'm glad that they're still putting out classics toys. I think that's great. So, you know, I know I'm laughing at some of it, but I am glad they're still producing classic sets. Um, for me personally, the TARDIS sets sound pretty cool. I'll uh, hopefully be able to track them down without too much trouble. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They have been a bit of a nightmare previously. So, Maybe they'll produce a few more this time around. Yeah, do you think you'll be picking up a TARDIS set? You're not really into the figures, are you? You're not. They're not really your bag. Uh, not really, but I might pick up these classic ones uh, from inspired. Oh, right. You know, the seventies and eighties uh, inspired yeah. by ones. So I might pick mm-hmm. those up. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I'm definitely not into those Sonics. Got enough of those. Already. No, no, I've got enough Sonics. I'm like, yeah, I don't need any more Sonics. Yeah. No, and I might have a little look at the. The, the Doctor and Dalek twin packs. I think the the Eighth Doctor and the Seventh Doctor ones sound pretty cool. 
This is bad for, for people that collect everything, like I used to, and probably still do. Used to. Um, the, this is bad for the wallet, because I know that Big Finish are going to get some variants, exclusive variants of the Big Finish series. So you're going to get the Big Finish series and some Big Finish exclusive versions of the Big Finish. It's like, what? So a lot of variants, a lot of repackaging, a lot of repaints, but there's some good stuff in there hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly the TARDIS. <laughs> Yeah. It look great in your new room, mate. If I, next time we record, you could have it all set up behind you. You could just fill that lovely clean room that you've got behind you now. Just fill it with figures. <laughs> with B and M inspired by figures. <laughs> You'd be like a B and M shop <laughs> in your own little office. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, moving on to something that I think this is a definite pickup for both of us. I would think uh, the next Blu-ray collection has been announced. Um, I thought it was going to be McCoy. I'd heard all these rumours it was yeah. McCoy, but no, it's Colin. Colin, season 23 is McCoy? coming to Blu-ray. McCoy? Yeah, I'd heard it was McCoy. He's got to be next. I'm sure he's next. Yeah. We know nothing. Uh, but yeah, so season 23, <laughs> which is the Trial of a Time Lord uh, yeah. series, is coming to Blu-ray in September. September 23rd, it's downfall. So um, this is nice. Once again, fantastic cover by Mr. Lee Binding. Looks great. Fits in with the other releases. Beautiful artwork inside um, from what we can see from the promo picture. Um, loads of new extras, as you'd expect. I'll tell you what does interest me as well, is that um, I'm just looking on the list now because I'm hoping I didn't dream this. I'm sure I read that they're going to be a, a version of the episodes where they don't have all the courtroom scenes. So that, that you know, like as an alternative version, uh, which would be cool because then you'll actually get, because sometimes those courtroom scenes did take you out of the story just as you were getting into it. Uh, not sure if that's for all the episodes or just one Um Anyway, yeah, there's Ooh. lots of new features on it. So, yeah, extended edits as well of all 14 episodes. Um, what else have we got? Behind New behind the sofas with Colin Baker, Nicola Bryant, Bonnie Langford, Mark Strickson, Fraser Hines and Matthew Wardhouse. They're going to be fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, they're on the behind the sofa. Yeah, they look That's really good. brilliant. Yeah. yeah, the writer's room. That was a really nice feature on the season 18 box set. Was, so doing yeah. another one of those with Eric Saywood. <laughs> Eric Saywood. Uh, Philip Martin, Christopher Bidmead, and uh, Wally K. Daly. Uh, so that's that's another cool sounding extra feature. It's the Doctor Who cookbook revisited. Wow. Brave cast members tackle their original recipes from the 1980s official cookbook. This is, this is sounding amazing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. And that's not even the half of it. I mean, it, there's so many more. I won't list all the extras, but there's a ton of them and you can find them all online if you want to see them all. But this is going to be brilliant. Can't wait. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not even like Colin. I'm sorry to say I love Colin on Big Finish, but not a fan of his um, era particularly. But um, I can't wait to get this. Uh, I don't mind Trial of the Time Lord. There are good and bad bits in it, but I just can't wait to pick up this set just for the extras alone. I think it sounds brilliant. Yeah. I pre-ordered this already, mate. Have you pre-ordered it? Yeah. From good old, from our mates at good old Zoom, I Zoom expect. Zoom.co.uk. Yeah, yeah, it can't go wrong with Zoom. Yeah. Uh, a fantastic trailer was released for this as well, yeah. which I'm sure you've watched. <laughs> it's of hilarious. Colin. Yeah. Uh, just brilliant in like a courtroom. And then he gets banged up in a cell at the end with Nicola Bryant. And it's brilliant. Such a, such a lovely little extra surprise. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. the fact they're going to town on these Blu-ray sets. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was really hoping for a McCoy set next after Pertwee. But mm. having said that, this does look like a really good set, actually. It does. It does. And the um, in the trailer, um, Colin 
So there's over 10 hours of additional special features, mm-hmm. which is crazy. That's, that's nuts. And obviously, the it's a really funny trailer, actually, because in the courtroom, it sounds like it's going to be an epic Doctor yeah. Who-themed showdown but it turns out he's in there for a unpaid parking ticket and you know they're not having any of it and he's trying to make out he is the doctor and return me to my normal space and time and then yeah he gets banged up and yeah it's, it's great brilliant. yeah yeah it's really really good stuff so um you need to order this just to keep that shelf looking good anyway you can't have a yeah. gap yeah um, no, no, and because uh, of because the, the artwork's so consistent, and I, you know, we both love Lee's artwork for these sets. It, they look so nice together. Like I can't wait to put Pertwee and Baker alongside the ones we've already got. Just it's just a lovely collection so far. These these Blu-ray sets. Yeah, and uh, there's still a lot of chat around the first one. You know, season twelve, the first one that they put mm-hmm. out. Um, uh, one of our buddies, uh, Phil Cannon, over mm-hmm. at the Who's He podcast, and also the recent comeback of the doctor who podcast phil cannon um he shared something on twitter i think it was day before yesterday that there's now a petition in place uh to get the bbc to re-release it because so many people want it but they don't want to pay 500 pounds on ebay uh yeah yeah so if you don't get if you miss one i know they're a bit pricey i think they work out about 38 quid at the end that when they get to release isn't it around 38 quidish yeah something like that um but they are beautiful sets. We've said this about all of them so far. They are lovely mm-hmm. sets. And uh, yeah, you need for your collector's syndrome and, and all that stuff, you need to get it anyway. But it does look like a, a good trial of the time. Or, like you said, it's okay. Um, moving on. Um, the uh, There's a new book due to hit our shelves later on in the year, which is going to coincide apparently with the upcoming series uh, next year oh right and this is called doctor who star tales star tales yes from bbc books and it's essentially from what i can gather all of the times throughout all of the episodes where the doctor name drops somebody famous that they've either met or known or helped create their career whatever this is about the doctor going and seeing those people and hanging out with them okay essentially so a little bit of blurb from the beeb says, to celebrate the return of Doctor Who in early 2020. Mm. That's the first time we've heard an, even an approximate date for next year in early 2020. Yeah, uh, BBC Books will publish a unique collection of name-dropping historical adventures inspired by Jodie Whittaker's first series as The Doctor. And it says, in this collection of new stories, Star Tales takes you on a rip-roaring ride through history from 500 BC to the swinging 60s, going deeper into the Doctor's notorious name-dropping and revealing the truth behind these anecdotes. Uh, The book will feature six brand-new stories detailing the Doctor's untold adventures from famous figures in history, featuring Audrey Hepburn, Elvis Presley, Houdini, Amelia Earhart, and then it goes on, there's Einstein and Pythagoras and loads of people. So, a few adventures, mate. Hmm. Or with famous figures. I mean, it is a subject that has popped up in pretty much every era of Doctor Who, really, where the Doctor name drops a little bit and says that he's, yeah, you know, he's he's met somebody famous or, you know, whatever. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does. It sounds like, a, I like the idea behind it. It does sound good. Like, like the Doctor does like to name drop. We've noticed that <laughs> over the years. Um, and I do like the cover as well. I think it's a really nice cover on this book. Um, 
does it do you reckon that's another lee binding it looks a little bit like his style but whoever's done it i like it yeah it could be yeah i'm not sure it looks like yeah or will brooks looks like a will brooks yeah. kind of yeah but who knows anyway, but so- yeah when's this out it's out it's not till december 5th of december and you can pre-order it from amazon at the moment and then they're saying that in november they'll release two trap two chapters for download as e-shorts Oh, cool. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Finally, on the merchandise side of things, and this is a a nice little unexpected turn-up, so more big finished vinyl on the way. This time it's exclusive to Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. So so no, no, what did you call it last time? The Asda one? Was it Bogey Green? (laughs) I've got some flack over (laughs) that. So no no Bogey Green on this one, no. This, so the next release is going to be Wave of Destruction, which is a fourth Doctor and Romana story. And this is coming out on beautiful... What are they calling it? Um, is it blue? Wave blue, I think they called Wavy, it. Swirl. Yeah. Uh, ocean Swirl. There That's we go. It. Yeah. Limited run of 1,500 copies on Ocean Swirl vinyl. Available from Sainsbury's stores. And this is coming out on July... Where is it? 19th. Friday, the 19th of July. So only a couple of weeks away, actually. Um, And that vinyl does look nice. It does. Yes. And it looks like a cool story as well. Or sounds like a cool story, should I say. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I'll definitely be trying to pick this up. I know last time my local scientists didn't get them. It's a bit annoying. Um... But yeah, that looks good. Um, these normally are around about the £20 mark. I mean, there's no price on this yet, but I think they're either 15 or 20 normally, these, these ones. So yeah, another nice vinyl to pick up. Yeah, um, I think so. And I believe as well, you can you can buy the... It, it's a story from a few years ago, so January 2016. Yeah. Um, it was part of the fifth range, um, Tom Baker's range, uh, which you can still buy right now from from big finish you can buy it as a download or a cd but yeah the um the vinyl itself does look very very nice it does yeah yeah that's cool and uh, yeah i think that was literally announced today as we were recording so that's a nice little surprise yes. yeah okie dokie that's going to wrap up the merch as well uh we should get on to our review story which is <laughs> yeah something that we've been wanting to do for weeks now so dude what is it this week so we are finally breaking into series three of the Sarah Jane Adventures, and this one's called Prisoner of the Jadoon. The nanoforms, they're multiplying. They're responding to my programming. The safety protocols can't cope with that rate of multiplication. They'll swarm. I'm releasing them to build my ship. They get into the environment, they take the whole planet apart. Do your work and destroy Evil Sarah Jane. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound like her, you know. Listening to it on audio, it doesn't sound like her at all, does it? No. It doesn't oh, at all. Your worst. Yeah. Yeah, so Prisoner of the Jadoon. Uh it was first released or broadcast, should I say, back in two thousand and nine in October as a two parter, mm-hmm. as all the Sarah Janes are, the fifteenth and then the uh, the 60th, oh, day after each other. Um, and they were 25 minutes long. It was written by Phil Ford, directed by Joss Agnew, and stars the usual Attic uh, crew. And we do see the return of the Jadoon from Doctor Who. I think it was the first time they'd appeared in any kind of 
spin-off or anything. Mm-hmm. And a bit of synopsis on this one. So the Attic crew face uh, the most dangerous day of their lives as the Jadoon return uh, when and- Andravax, the Annihilator, crash lands on Earth. Uh, the veil is set free to turn Earth technology against itself. His next intended victim is Sarah Jane. As the Jadoon fleet approaches Earth, it's a race against time to stop Andravax. With genetic systems technology on the rampage and Rani's parents taken prisoner, can anything stop the army of the Infestissimal? The in the infinitesimal, the infinitesimal, the, infinite, the infinitesimal. I'm sure I'm saying that completely wrong, but there we go. Let's go with it. Let's go with that. Yes. Uh, right. What do you reckon to this one in bud? Um, I thought it was a, a fun story, um, a good way to kick off series three. Um, a little bit lightweight. I wouldn't put it up there as one of my favorite that we've had um, so far, but yeah, it was a nice start to the, third series and, and a really enjoyable watch um as well so i did enjoy it yeah i thought it was good good it's just the, the storyline's quite simple in this one it's a bit of a sort of a run around but there's lots of nice fun moments in it with the jadoon um i think they work really well actually although we only we only get the one don't we yeah or do we see more at the we end see more at the but end. Yeah, yeah yeah some more at the end pop up don't they but yeah it's a i think they work well with Sarah Jane, they're a good, they're a good creation to put into that series. So, yeah, overall, um, another thumbs up from me uh, with this one. I thought it was good. Cool. Yeah, I thought the um, they are a good fit for Sarah Jane. Actually, the Jadoon. Yeah. They just they seem to have a, a cool um, non. Th- there's no adult themes around the Jadoon that we've seen so far. They're quite light and fluffy, a bit like so the Jadoon and the Slovene. You know, they're two very good fits, aren't yeah. they? For Sarah Jane and uh, and they kind of befriend uh, Tybo, don't they? He's the guy that is after Andrevax. Yeah, Tybo, mm. and uh, although he he's not having any of it, he doesn't want to be friends. In fact, he wants to <laughs> he wants to arrest them at, at one point. Um, there is a bit of a team. They do team up a little bit throughout the story, so it's a yeah. good sort of buddy esque kind of thing going on. And uh, yeah, I think it's a fairly good it's a fairly good story in a way that. It it moves it well. There are two things about it that I particularly liked. In that is, it took Sarah Jane Smith out of the usual mix of the the formula that they use for these mm-hmm. for Sarah Jane. You know, they completely remove her from the good guy camp, and they and she puts in this amazing performance as this possessed, evil really version creepy. of Sarah yeah. Jane. Yeah, and we also have a little bit of because uh, so far the everyone who is around the the attic. Uh, team they've all been um they're, they're all not ignorant but you know they, they have no idea what's going on in their world you know everything you know life is normal so this is the first time that we see somebody else in in their family or friends who are getting involved in this stuff so rani's parents yeah. they see the jadoon in all their glory so they they now they're now aware that aliens exist and they've crapped their pants over it and yeah, that's quite funny that ending, isn't it? When she's telling Sarah, "Oh, you better go and get your pen and all this. You're going to love this." And Sarah's yeah. just like, "Oh dear, whatever." Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and she keeps getting the name wrong, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I still like that joke. It's funny. You you think it might have sort of worn thin by now, but it still makes you laugh. I think it's just because of her reaction to it. She's like, "Sarah, don't." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good a good story, and I also like the 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 
sometimes when they do this time pressure, the suspense that builds up. So there's a big event that's going to kick off at the end of the story if they don't sort this out. And it's the case of Andravax is escaping on the ship that the little nanobots are recreating for him. And if they don't get there and stop him, he's going to be off and then he's going to destroy more worlds and, and all that jazz. So yeah, it's a decent, it's a decent write as well. The, the script is fairly, fairly decent. There's nothing groundbreaking here. The, I think the, the, the best bit of writing a game was for Sarah Jane's character when she's possessed. Mm. Uh, that's very, very cool. But yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, thumbs up for me as well, dude. It's, um, yeah, it's a good watch. Yeah. I guess I like the design of the, what's he called? The, the sort of yellowy lizardy guy. What's he called? Androflax. Uh, Andro, Androvax. Androvax. Yeah. I quite like the look of him. I mean, we don't get to see much of him really because he, Obviously, morphs into Sarah Jane, but uh, he looks quite cool, I think, with his lizardy tongue. Mm. Um, and he is used quite well because I must admit, when when he first takes over the little girl, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't guess that it, it, he was sort of possessed her. I don't know about you, I thought it was going to be the mum, so I thought that was quite a cool bit of mm. writing. Like when she when he she turned out it was her, I was like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. So there were some good little twists and turns. There are some nice bits of humour as well, like with the Jadoon driving the police car. I thought it was funny. And sometimes that can be cringy, but I think they just got the the sort of level right with the humour in this, if you know what I mean. Mm. So those bits are funny. Because normally, I think if that bit, I don't know if that's, if I'm excusing it because it's Sarah Jane, not Dot 2, because the bit with the police sort of run away, I think sometimes if they'd done, done it too much, it would have been like, oh dear, oh dear. But it, it's funny <laughs> in this. I thought moments like that really worked for me. So yeah, I, I really liked it. I think the Jadoon are quite an interesting... I don't know. I don't want to say monster. I suppose they are, but they're a good line between being, are they good? Are they bad? Cause they are sort of good, but they also don't have any, <laughs> the way that they deal with things sometimes is, is not sort of how the best way to do it. So they're a good, you know, they're good in that sense. If you're not quite sure what they're going to do, they're a goodie, but they're also a baddie. So I quite like that as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, what did you think to the new opening then? So from, from this episode, which is what, the start of series three, is it? Three. Yeah. Series three, yeah. Yeah, we have Clyde, who kind of breaks the fourth wall, doesn't he? He does this kind of introduction at the beginning where yeah. he's talking to the camera and he's, you know, he's saying, this is, you know, my name's Clyde. And I don't know why. It's always bugged me that he looks to camera at the end. I have no idea why. It just, I don't know what, it's just cheesy. You know, he does the bit because he He's like, are you ready? He's like, always. And then he just does a sly look to camera like, oh, no, I don't know why that bugs me. But I do like the new intro. And I will say we get like a little recap right at the start of this, don't we? With some, yeah. what I thought, so this is what, 10 years old now? Mm-hmm. I thought that CGI at the start was was beautiful. The way we go through the solar system and then the earth molds into Sarah Jane's pupil, you know, the eye. And I thought, wow, that's a beautiful beginning. Mm. And it looks really good for the time. Like, especially, and I know we said this on a few Sarah Jane reviews, but especially considering the budget this would have got for a C, CBBC mm. show, whatever. So I thought that was a really nice introduction to the story. And again, it just shows that they were putting a lot of love into this. Yeah, It wasn't yeah. kind of like, yeah, we need a few planets rolling around on screen. If you could just knock that up on the old computer. There. It looks <laughs> like somebody spent a lot of time doing that little sort of segment to put in the beginning. I, I thought it looked really nice and worked so well. No, it did. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching it thinking, wow, this has held up really, because I haven't 
this this series three wasn't released on Blu-ray, was it? Because I've got them on just DVD. No, I don't think it wasn't. No, no. So even on, on just DVD, it looks looks really good, actually. Looks really. And nice. it, it did one make me wonder why they'd done the reintroduction. Was there a was there a gap between series two and three or something? Because it does feel almost like they're just just in case you haven't watched the previous two. Here's a little recap. I was wondering why we were getting that, but I mean, it didn't. It still works. It didn't bother me, but it, it almost felt like. Oh, a bit like, you know, when Dot2 comes back, as if like, oh, we've been away for a year, so we'll just give you a little bring you up to date sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure, because they do this now for each episode, don't they, going forward? This is the first one they do it on. So I think it's more for for the younger viewers, just to give them a little recap, or or for younger Mm. viewers who are coming into it fresh, who have maybe not seen Sarah Jane before. It's just a nice little minute of Clyde giving you the lowdown on what the show is about and who's in it and and that stuff so i think it's more for the younger viewers really yeah probably yeah and i did notice something in the intro did you i noticed our little friend was in a few clips canine now he wasn't in this he wasn't in this story but i spotted him in that little teaser bit at the start so i'm thinking so maybe he's going to come back into it this series because so far, he's been. He was in one episode, wasn't he? Where he got locked in the cupboard. The very first episode, I believe. The very first yeah. episode, yeah. And then we haven't seen him since. I don't think in Sarah Jane, have we? No, no. Yeah. So maybe that cupboard door's about to spring open. I don't know, but I saw him. I was <laughs> like, "Hang on, I saw you." That little sneaky clip there. Yeah. Yeah, because didn't didn't he have to go into this galaxy that was being contained in the cupboard so he could stop a, with a black hole? Or a black, something, yeah, it? something like that. So maybe that's yeah. rectified and. We'll see him again. Because <laughs> he's got, I, I must admit, it's, it's it, in a way it's been great actually because I think if we'd have had him earlier on, because um, the, the progression of this cast, and I thought I was thinking this or watching it, they've really, really had a lovely progression, this this cast. I mean, I know um, Ron is fairly new to the team, mm-hmm. but things have really taken a natural evolve. Uh, and, and I think if you'd had K-9 in there from the start, although they probably wanted him there, I think, I think it's better like this. Because it's given them a chance. It would have been, if he'd always been there, it wouldn't be so exciting. So now I'm really looking forward to him mm-hmm. suddenly popping up. It's like, oh, K-9's joined the team <laughs> now. This is It just feels like they're sort of gradually building up to things. There's a really nice progression over this series uh, with the, you know, with the crew, if you like, with the, with the Sarah Jane team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there is a good, because we saw it, the, a very similar thing in the the other series earlier on where, the un- unlike Torchwood, where some of our complaints about Torchwood is the the cast don't seem to gel that well in some Not episodes. So far, yeah, no. it seems to be a bit of a bit hit and miss with that stuff. But with Sarah Jane, right from the off, you have this really good chemistry and this really good uh, relationship between the characters, and mm. that that progresses really nicely as you go through the series. And then when Rani joined, um, yeah, it doesn't feel like. It, it feels like she's been in the show a lot longer than what she has been. Yeah. I think is the best yeah. way to say it. And yeah, the, the chemistry is very, very good. And her, her mum and dad of, um, cause I know we found, um, uh, <laughs> the mum a little bit OTT, didn't we? Gita, in in yeah. the previous episode, they're starting to grow on me. Actually, she's still a little bit hyper, mm-hmm. but I'm really starting to like her, uh, the, the mum and dad, uh, Ronnie's mum and dad, um, I mean, they get they get their own little sort of mini adventure in this as well, and I I think it works pretty good mm. in a sense um, because they're quite fun together, those two. So yeah, even they're growing on me. They were a bit sort of OTT to begin with, but I think they're settling in. 
as well. Yeah, and they've got a good kind of comedy act between the two of them as well. Yes. She's very, uh, um, what's the word? She's just spare of the moment, spontaneous, and she wants to do whatever. And the husband, uh, Haresh, he's very conservative and very yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. by the book. And essentially they're breaking into that company, aren't they? The nanotech company. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, she just doesn't care. She's like, we'll, we'll deal with it afterwards. Let's just get all the plants in. And then we, you know, we'll get them to to see with their own eyes how wonderful it looks. And then the orders will come flooding in. And he's just like, we know we shouldn't be doing this. We're just <laughs> breaking it. I mean, but you know, the the wife has the way in this relationship because she just shouts him down. She's like, Let, just get on with it. Just do as you're told. And he exactly. sort of rolls his eyes and so they're, they're a good sort of duo, aren't they? A comedy act between them. We haven't seen that before. Really. No, I was going to say, I think in the other ones, I don't know. I think if this has been in the previous series. That might have been. I think they've settled more into their roles because they were quite fun in this. But I found them a little bit over the top previously. And I think if they'd have done this double act in the previous series, it might have been a bit annoying. I might have been sort of rolling my eyes a bit like, oh, what are they doing? But in this one, I did find it quite good fun when they were, yeah, breaking into that thing, trying to put plants <laughs> everywhere. And it, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a ludicrous story if you think about it. But it, it they does work because of their, their performance. It's fun. So, uh, yeah, I did enjoy that. Indeed. Yeah. yeah, and they 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 play the um, the the shock, if you like, of seeing aliens for the first time. Really, like they literally, you, the acting's pretty good actually. They just knocks them for six. They're kind of frozen yeah. to the spot almost, and then yeah, but they, it doesn't really stop their their sense of of survival, if you like. So when when the Jadoon are in that building and they're having to play hide and seek and whatnot, they're still up for it. They're still. You know, they well, don't Harish do... stands up to one, doesn't he? he? Does, and she's yeah. sort of like, oh, steady. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good, yeah. So what did you think to, when we see Tybo for the first time, he's been, mm. he, he's had a, he's had a slap, hasn't he? He's a bit. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. He's yeah. out of it for a bit. And then it, it's kind of comical in a way, but in another way, it's quite good because the way that the, the Tybo has been written into that part of the story he has no choice but to trust them for a while, does he? Because That's right. he's disorientated. He doesn't know what's going on. They've seen the direction of where he's gone, so he, he has to trust them a bit. And then it's just a series of quite funny scenes. And I think that's sometimes the 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 brilliance of Sarah Jane, where it has these these moments of of being quite serious about things and and borderline uh, dark moments in some episodes. But then it seamlessly transitions between these comical, funny scenes in between. And the the, the funniest one was where the, the police car turns up and the, the two police officers get out and they see him. And before you know it, he's, I don't know how they did it, but even in like the full Jadoon costume, he's in the police car. In the car, yeah. And they're driving off and it it's, it's just brilliant. And there's a bit where... And another car pulls up beside them and they see that it's, you know, massive rhino and and they they speed off. And, but he sticks to the speed limit, doesn't he? Because That's that, right. That, and also the music yeah. as well. He tells the guy <laughs> to turn the music down, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. And then, and then there's, because there's three sort of really silly scenes. But as I said, they just get the line right with being funny and not mm. too silly, if you know what I mean. Because as I said, for some writers, if they didn't get it, that's a good thing about Phil Ford. I think he 
he gets the level that he needs to be at. Some writers might have gone in and thought, oh, yeah, I'm writing a kid's show, so, yeah, oh, yeah, he tells the guy to turn the music down and it's all really hilarious and this happens, but they, it, it actually is funny. And there's the bit where he tells Clyde off for not getting a parking ticket, uh, for not getting the, yeah, the parking ticket, isn't yeah. it, and stuff like that. And it all works just really, really well. I did find it, you know, I was rolling on the floor laughing, but I found it funny. I thought this is really good fun without being silly. Yeah. Didn't go into yeah. the silly category, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, it's all really good. That's why I think that Jadoon works so well in Sarah Jane. They perfectly fit that, can switch from comedy like that to serious, quite scary chasing, you know, uh, Gita and Haresh down the hall. So they're, they're brilliant in that sense, yeah. Mm. And the, the the kind of serious, because this episode or these episodes, sorry, do have their own amount of, um, sort of scariness, I suppose, and more darker themes where um, Mark uh, Goldthorpe, who played Andrevax, his first scene, when you see them in the in the school hall, I think it is, or the village hall, whatever. Yeah. It's, um, he he plays that quite sinister. Like when he just, you know, tells them to stop and he's got this, he doesn't have a typical uh, sort of bad guy alien voice. It's all low and rumbly and stuff. He's got a real softly spoken almost kind voice if you like mm. and that's even more unsettling so that makes it quite dark and the fact that he can then possess people is really scary in a way yeah um because the little girl when she's um when she's possessed you don't really think i mean it's not visually or audibly scary it, it's just a bit unsettling because you know that something isn't right and then when he pops out of her you know it's, it's all good but when sarah jane's possessed because of her performance and her voice that she uses and and that stuff it's that's really unsettling to me that's that's mm. really scary so the the story does have its element of being quite scary especially if you were a kid like if you were you know 7 years old for example or 8 years old that would be quite scary to me yeah yeah so yeah. sarah jane acting like that i think would be quite creepy yeah, yeah. well yeah, it is quite sure. creepy anyway but yeah it would yeah yeah um, but it also combines um and this is the cool thing that Sarah Jane also does very well, is that in in contrast to some Doctor Who stories where you have multiple things going on at some at the same time, that can potentially be quite confusing. Mm. So there there have been a few episodes or stories that we've reviewed previously where we've said it's good and everything, but I just have no clue what's going on. Yeah, you know, you know I didn't yeah. get where you know. Whereas Sarah Jane does these multiple threads within the story really well, so. We have the nanotechnology company as well. They've got their own thread running through there because Sarah Jane just goes there to interview the guy at the beginning and she gets turfed out. Yeah, that's and, a good scene. Uh, yeah. So that you've got that whole thing as well, haven't you? So that whole nanotechnology thing and they're in, you know, uh, researching all that and that's the thing that ultimately is going to aid Androvax in escaping so he can build the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got the... The, the attic team themselves, they split up into two teams. You've got those guys. Uh, you've got Sarah Jane who goes off because she's possessed, so she has to. Then you've got the other ones who are doing it. Then you've got the Jadoon as well. So you've got these multiple threads that are sort of all running parallel to each other, and they all sort of culminate at the end. But I don't know about you, but I just didn't feel like I was confused. Like, I didn't feel what's going on. Not it was at all, all. Yeah. And that's what Sarah Jane does so well. You have all these different elements. I mean, not all the time. Some episodes are fairly simplistic. It's just you have the attic team 
here's the baddie. They have to go and stop it. That's fairly simple. But when you have these more complicated ones, I think even kids would would be fairly cool with what's going on. They wouldn't sit there and think, mm. I'm going to turn this over because Sarah Jane's too adult or too confusing. Um, so and it's also not too kiddie, is it? I think that's that's no, the thing. They no. they get a very good balance in Sarah Jane. I think this is why I find it so entertaining to watch because I can follow it easily. Um, but there's enough going on to keep me engaged. I never sort of feel like I never sort of really sort of dwindle off, and you know they're very easy to follow. But they've also got so much fun in in every episode we watch so far. There's always something enough to keep me really engaged in the story um, as well. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. They are fluent stories that we've had so far without being too kiddie or too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. They, they absolutely mate. Yeah. It's, Again, um, just getting that balance just right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to do. It sounds easy. It's not, it's not always that easy to do. No, yeah. not at all. No. Mm. And that's what I would say to, we, we have seen a, a few people on Twitter since we've started doing uh, Sarah Jane over the, mm. however many months now who have said, oh, I've never watched Sarah Jane or I've never, I've, I've never wanted to watch it. You know, I'm aware of it, but I've just, it's nothing that I've wanted to. Um, you really, it, we, I think I can speak for both of us. It, absolutely go and check it out and pick up the DVDs or whatever. Um, it's a shame that it's not on BBC iPlayer because it was on there for I know, months. Yeah. yeah. And coincidentally, unfortunately they stopped doing it two weeks in when we started doing Sarah That's Jane. Right. I know. Um, yeah. But we'll keep an eye out. If they put them back on there, we'll let you know. But the DVDs normally you can pick them up fairly cheap. If you have a look around eBay or, or Amazon even, um, cause I think I picked the box up for about 25 pounds. Yeah. And that was yeah. the whole thing. But I think it was like 45 quid when it first came out mm. the whole thing. But, um, if you're unsure about Sarah Jane or if you just, it's definitely worth watching because although it was marketed at a younger audience, like the teens and, and slightly younger audience and so on, it, that, it doesn't stop from feeling adult in some places. Every story, every episode that we've reviewed, it does have an, an adult element to it. And there's some darkness going on and, and yeah, it does have its cheesy bits and you can see that, you know, that there's a particular scene that's absolutely for the kids and so on, but mm. they're all, especially in the yeah. earlier series. Yeah. In Yeah, definitely. But they're all great, great stories. And I know we're, I'm gushing a little bit here, but, but, um, well, I was yeah. going to say we're on series three and we've yet to, we haven't had any story yet that we've, we've not enjoyed. We've not had any story yet where we've even said it was below par or, Oh, that wasn't so good this week. I think every story, haven't we? I mean, um, I think I'm right in saying that. I don't think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think we've had any story yet where one of us or both of us have said, "Yeah, it was okay this week, but I didn't really enjoy it." You know, it wasn't didn't hit the spot. Or there's been something in every single episode so far that we found enjoyable. Obviously, we've enjoyed some more than others, but it's been a, a very consistent series so far. And I'm hoping not tempted fate by saying that because um, how many series did they do? It's just they only got so we got series four, and then I think series five is only half a series, I believe. I think so. We've so we've still got a couple yeah. of series to go. Yeah. I mean, I we started right saying that. I think so. Yeah. So we started back in April of last year. Yeah. With invasion. But it is interesting. You're saying about people not watching it because I had, <laughs> I had all the DVDs upstairs for, uh, over a year. 
just sat there because I bought them because they were to do with Dot 2. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I'll get them because, you know, like you buy everything connected to the show and, you know, apart from class. So I bought bought them and they just sat on my shelf for a year. I kept thinking, oh, yeah, I'll watch Sarah Jane at some point. And it was only because we started reviewing them. And I'm thinking, God, all this time, this amazing series has been just sat on my shelf, unloved, unwatched. Like, why didn't I watch it? And I think maybe a few people are like that. They're like, yeah, I've heard of Sarah Jane. I kind of can guess what it's about. So I'll get around to watching it at some point. But it's only now that we've started really watching them that I've realized what a great show it is. And I think, gosh, why didn't I watch this sooner? Like, exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. just sat there gathering dust. Yeah. It's a shame, really. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing it now. And it's Not, quite cool because yeah. I like the fact we're on the journey together because neither of us. Well, especially from this point onwards, we, me and you haven't seen any of the episodes coming up. So it's quite good. They're like they're totally fresh to me and you. So we're kind of discovering it together, which is cool. Yeah, that, that, that is one of the, the best things about this, really. Yeah. It's a little bit like there's no new Doctor Who on at the moment, but we have mm. got all these Sarah Jane adventures that we've never seen before. Mm. So that's all good. I think the lowest score that we've given Sarah Jane is a, a 6.5. All right, which one was that? Over the years, I think that was Warriors of the Warriors of Kudlak. Oh yeah, and I really enjoyed that one. I think yeah, you weren't a strut, but I loved that's the one with the guy in the big coat, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah. I really liked yeah. him. Yeah, you yeah, gave yeah. it a seven. I gave it a six point five. Yeah. Yeah, so still quite respectable. Yeah, and we've given it a few nines and stuff, so it's great. Yeah. I will say this, and I I hope I can phrase it properly without coming across wrong, but like you said, it's because we've got no dot two at the minute. It is nice to have this series because to me, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. It doesn't sound like I'm slagging the new series, but what I'm trying to say is to me, Sarah Jane feels a bit like the glory days of the David Tennant era. And before people start having go at me, what I mean by that is it just has that feel of it's fun. The stories are good. Like you just said, they're easy to follow. There's nothing too complicated. It just has a vibe about it. For want of a better phrase, it has a bit of an RTD vibe to it and it just reminds me of how when i used to look forward to you know like dot two when david Tennant was a doctor it's got that same sort of feel to it so for me it is a really nice thing to be watching whilst we're waiting for new dot two um, and that's not saying david Tennant's like oh i'm not sort of trying to big up his doctor because he's not even my favorite doctor you know it's like i'm not saying that i'm just saying it's got that nice vibe to it that it's a, a good fun watch so yeah so it is a good it is a good thing to fill that void i think yeah, and we've said it a couple of times that we're pretty sure that a lot of the production crew that worked on Doctor Who also worked on this because if 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 you like that era of Who from Eccleston through to um, series the end of series four, it's it's got that exact same feel when you're watching it. Like it does have the same tone, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like all the camera, I think all the cameras were the same. You know, all mm. of, I think all the production crew were the same because I don't know. It just feels like an episode of Doctor Who, but just the Doctor swapped out with Sarah Jane. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the guys that do the music, do, I mean, it's not Murray Gold big epic theme standard, but um, I think the the guy the guys that did the music, Sam Watts and Dan Watts, they do a really good job of filling in the gap, so to speak. And it does feel yeah. like um, just like Who. Yeah, it just feels like. Anyways. It really does. It's a really nice, I wouldn't say supplement, but you know what I mean? It's a really nice thing to, to be watching while we're waiting for new Doctor Who. It, it fills that gap perfectly for me anyway. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
So in Sarah Jane's absence as the hero mm. in this story, Luke actually steps up quite a lot, which is good. <laughs> I don't know if I should read I don't know if I should read out what I've written, but I am gonna. <laughs> you on. can always edit it out. But I wrote in this uh, Luke finally grows a pair because he <laughs> <laughs> he finally feels like he's stepped up a bit. He does. You know, yeah. he does. Because we've said like we like Luke, but up until now, he has been a bit wet beyond the ears, isn't he? He's not bit. really, he's been, the other guys have been much stronger in their performance and they've stood out more. To me, he's finally starting to sort of come out of the shadows a bit. Um, and yeah, I thought he was, yeah, much better in this story. And I'm thinking, right, if he builds on this, feels like his character's finally, you know, sort of progressing a little bit. So yeah, that was good to see, I thought, at last, because I think... I was just worried he was getting a bit lost, you know, because I like Luke, but he just seemed to always be in the background a bit, you know, and a bit wet and, yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was good in this one. He was really good. And I think <laughs> Standing that's, up, uh, and, yeah. I think it's a, a combination of him just, nat- his character naturally progressing to, Absolutely. to be more that way inclined, but also he's obviously extremely worried about his, his mum. Yeah, so, yeah. So those two things, I think, really propel him further into that more lead role because at the end of the day he is like the, the the main character's son so you would assume that he would inherit some of those traits and and all that stuff so it's good to see him act, instead of being a bit of a wet blanket and a bit of a complainer all the time to just take in charge because he does save the day on more than one occasion there's the bit where uh Sarah Jane, the possessed Sarah Jane, goes back to the attic and she tells Mister Smith to self-destruct. And that's yeah, gonna, that's a great cliffhanger. Oh, the cliffhangers in Sarah Jane—they're wicked. Really good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, and uh, it's Luke that actually sort of talks him down. He sort of talks reason into him to stop the mm. the detonation and so on. So, and then, and then the bit at the end as well, where he realizes, you know, at the end inside the, the ship. Where what does he do? Something on a control panel. Yeah, I think he reverses or stops something with the nanobots. Um, yeah, so he actually steps up and saves the day a couple of times, and then you've got the 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 other characters who are almost there to to back him up, if you like. So I know Clyde's very much, you know, he's the, he's the usual quick witted, funny mm-hmm. one liner, but he's there. He, he he's got Luke's back definitely, and Ron is the same. And uh, it's just nice to see a bit of a shift because sometimes Clyde takes the lead. Yeah, Clyde's the one that's, you know, the the, the funny talking, uh, adventurous one of the pack, if you like, and he's he's always up for it. So it's nice to see a bit of a shift where Luke's got more of that going on. And Tommy yeah. Knight just seemed a bit more confident in his performance in this. To me, it just seemed like I don't know. He felt like he just yeah sort of was going for it a bit more. I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Luke's, yeah. I, I just agreed. He, he, he definitely seemed better in this one. Yeah, good to see him taking more of a sort of stronger stance on things rather than, I don't know. Because I, I, like you said, the bit where he defeats the computer to the cliffhanger is brilliant, um, mm. the way he deals with it. Seems like that. So, yeah, I'm hoping that continues from now on. I hope, I hope he just gets better and better. Yes, yeah. yeah. Whereas um, Clyde, actually, mate, I, I I do love Clyde, and we've we've said he's been great, actually, ever since... You know, episode one, he's a really cool character and Daniel Anthony plays him really, really well. The only thing I would say in this one, slightly the opposite to Luke, nothing to do with his performance, but some of his jokes felt a little bit forced this time. And I'm going to put that down to Phil Ford. They, 
they always were a bit too cringy because the good thing with Clyde is he's he's that sort of cheeky chappy that throws out the one-liners. I don't know. To me, in this two-parter, for whatever reason, some of the stuff, some of the dialogue he was given just felt a bit clunky. Okay. Um, right. Didn't quite feel the natural sort of funny Clyde that we've had. And so a bit opposite to Luke, whereas I thought Luke was m- much better in this story. Um, I thought Clyde's sort of one-liners were a bit cr- too cringe in this. That's probably the only negative I've actually written down as well. Mm, um, okay. Just thought his jokes felt a bit forced. Like the bit where he says about he's going to phone home his oh, friends yeah. and, and just Sarah Jane rolls her eyes. I was just like, yeah, no, I don't know. It's not really... Clyde's jokes mean. are normally corny, but they're not normally that sort of cheesy. I don't know. Just felt a little bit forced, but... Yeah, no, yeah. I know exactly. It, it did feel a little bit... Um, it's got the normal... Uh, pop culture little references that Clyde normally he mentioned Star Wars again and uh, yeah and E.T. I don't and know stuff, whereas before they, the jokes have seemed quite natural it almost seems a little bit caricature now like oh yeah Clyde comes in and cracks a yeah. terrible joke at this point it's like yeah he doesn't always need to do that so hopefully they don't go down that route of making Clyde a bit of a caricature of what is a very good character yeah no agreed mate totally and for the most part he was good at, yeah it was just those oh, yeah. little scenes where he comes in and pops the one line and you thought oh yeah yeah Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's all. Yeah, we don't want it to become a case of he has to say one-liners all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should be a natural thing. Yeah, Rija. Yeah, uh, and then Rani, she um, uh, she doesn't really have a great deal to do in terms of she doesn't physically do anything, but she mm. does. Um, she does also worry because her parents are involved in the same way that Luke's worried about uh, Sarah Jane. She's aware, isn't she, that her parents are. Because they don't know that Rani's involved in this at all. That's the no, clever no. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they assume because at the end of it, they want to rush home so they can tell her all about it. Um, you know, unbeknownst to them that she's actually influenced saving the whole thing, saving the planet. So that that's clever. And I wonder where are they going to go with that? So now that um, Gita and Haresh have seen aliens, because I was expecting like, oh, are they going to get their minds wiped again mm-hmm. or something? You know, but they don't, do they? So are they now? Yeah, how's that going to go on from the rest of the series? Like, are they going to know all about aliens existing now? Is that going to be, are they going to become more, are they going to become part of the team? I am slightly intrigued where we're going with that because obviously it's the first story in episode three. So to introduce them to aliens right at the start of the series makes me think they're going to be more involved in the series. And yeah, I'm kind of up for that as long as it's not too much. Uh, Yeah, I think... It sounds well. It feels like they're going to just be aware of it, but then again, we've had that in Who a couple of times, haven't we? Remember mm. when? Remember when the tenth Doctor first bumps into Wilf, and Wilf says, "Oh, it was those aliens on Christmas Day." Yeah, that's all- right. Yeah. So, so I think people have been exposed to aliens, and they've kind of dealt with it. And so maybe they'll just underplay that a little bit, and they'll they'll like the the, the typical or the stereotypical British nature of just cracking on with it and not, you know, not being bothered by things. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what we, where we go from that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you think to the, uh, Jadoon's effectiveness at taking down Androvax the Annihilator? Because, um, one thing that I was a little bit, and this might just be how the Jadoon have been, have been shown in general um, from the, from Doctor Who as well over the years. But mm. um, sometimes I do get the feeling that they do go down the Cyberman route 
just a little bit. <laughs> what, and that they're a bad shot. <laughs> well, yeah, also, and that they... Like, in the classic years, the Cybermen were always really threatening. You know, they were always... Uh, you know, if, if the Cybermen got hold of you, that was it sort of thing. And, yeah, uh, you know, very you know, very rarely did people escape or whatever, uh, unless you were the Doctor, of course. But um, I feel like like the Jadoon, they come across like this badass, you know, really, you know, no nonsense up for it. Not, 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 not too far like the Suntarans who are just sort of thirsty for death and war and stuff. But, you know, they, they come across like they're supposed to be more like that in, in a little way. Um, mm. But they always end up just being like these, I don't want to, unnecessarily dilute them and say they're like these bumbling rhinos no i know what you're trying to say but yeah i get you in a little way they kind of end up because Tybo gets tricked very easily into that room doesn't he rani yeah. and Clyde trap him in there and then they're off and mm. and then he's up to his mates to turn up and you can see that you know behind the the language um you know, they're probably thinking, how the bloody hell have you ended up in there? You're supposed to be a Jadoon, for God's sake, you know. Yeah. This yeah. is what you do. But, um, and then really it's not down to them. Or, or Well, it wasn't down to their actions that saved the day. It was more down to Luke and Clyde and Rani, wasn't it? So mm. I, I can see the appeal. You know, the Jadoon, they look very cool. They're kid-friendly and everything. But, yeah, I just there's a little part of me that thinks, you know, you guys should be a little bit more ruthless at times. Mm, Don't be, you know, so what do you think on that? No, no, I I do absolutely see what you mean. And, um, I think that works in the, I think that works in this show, to be honest. I think it works okay in Sarah Jane. I think I can forgive it a little bit more. I wouldn't like to see that happen in series 12. Um, and I can so easily see that happening as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think I can forgive it in Sarah Jane because of the sort of tone of the show. Um, and that's not saying, Oh, cause it's a kid show. Oh, it's nothing to do with that. Just the tone of the show is slightly different and it should be different as well. It's aimed, aimed at a different audience. Well, same audience, but you know, uh, but I think if it was to, yeah, if it was to be in Dr. Who, the main show, I think it would be a shame if they were that bumbling and easily defeated. Cause that is something that gets annoying. Like you said, if the yeah. Cybermen lose their threat, which I think, I think you agree with me on that. I think they've lost a lot of threat in the new series of Cybermen. I don't really like the new series Cybermen at all. I don't find them frightening. I, yeah, I don't like the design, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think the Daleks were incredibly threatening when they came back in the new series to begin with. And then they lost their threat a lot over the course of the show. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to see the Jadoon go down that route um, in series 12. But I think it works all right in this. I, I honestly do. I think it's can totally see the point you're making but i think it, it suits the suits the show they're in yeah yeah that's a good point actually yeah so for sarah yeah. jane yeah i can i see what you mean i can forgive yeah. it i'm a bit more forgiving with it yeah yeah i guess Whereas it was if like, it was in doctor who i'd probably be rolling my eyes going, <laughs> oh god come on you know <laughs> yeah true and I, I guess it's like the slovene as well yeah same you yeah know, exactly in sarah jane they're a little bit more reserved i suppose yeah. you take it a bit more of a pinch of salt i think yeah. with sarah jane yeah uh, talking of Sarah Jane, let's talk about Liz Sladen's performance then, because mm. she kind of stole the show a little bit, as she frequently does with her. Yes. Just amazing. Because <laughs> um, she's really good anyway. We we will say this forevermore, but one of the best things about Liz Sladen is consistency. 
Yeah. And it's a bit like you, you always, you, you're never going to score Liz Laden below a certain number, regardless of what the story is like. If it's a poor script, if it's a poor story, she's always, she's always just a certain level. I think mm-hmm. it's the best way to describe it. She's always on game, you know, she's just amazing. Like her character, like she just lives that character. There's, you know, it doesn't matter whether she's in Doctor Who or Sarah Jane. She's always that same. She just, like when it was very first, when she very first read that script years ago, the classic series, she probably thought, yeah, this sounds like a good character. I can get, I can play this Sarah Jane. Mm. I, th- I, could, I could play her. And ever since then, she's just known instinctively what Sarah Jane would say to something and how she would say it and how she would react and her movements and everything. So that's one of the great things about this show, a continuation from Doctor Who, is just her performances are brilliant. So in the first sort of third of the the whole story, that's what you get. You just get consistent, brilliant. But then when she's possessed, we have this really a really good flip of the coin where mm. all of a sudden she's out of her comfort zone in a way because she's no longer playing the likable heroic Sarah Jane. You know, even now it's a case of, right, you've got, you've got to play an alien, you know, you're not playing Sarah Jane anymore. You need to play, you know, this horrible, bad intended alien. So, um, I, I think that she nailed this. I really do. I think that she took these these directions and the script where she, you know, you've, you've got to play someone else completely essentially, but in Sarah Jane's body and she does it at the flip of a switch as well. Isn't there a bit in the story where she pretends to be Sarah Jane? She says to Luke, you know, Luke, I'm scared sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like a flip of a switch and she's, yeah, she's back into it. And then another flip and she's back to, to Androvax. So what do you think to her voice? I think her voice was the, the main factor more than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like like I said in the trailer. It doesn't even sound. It's, it, it's well, it is her, but it doesn't sound like her. It's um, it's a good transformation because she, they, she, I don't know. It's all in the movements as well. It's in the movements and the voice. She doesn't sort of go to OTT. She's just very, very creepy mm-hmm. when she's possessed. Um, I absolutely love the bit when she just waltzes into the attic when she's possessed and she sort of picks up a few things and throws <laughs> it aside and you know just like so opposite to how Sarah Jane is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really nice uh, sort of subtle performance of possession rather than I am possessed. You know, she's just playing it <laughs> just right. And it is creepy as hell. I love the way she talks to Mr. Smith as well. And I like the fact he picked up on it because I thought, you know, I thought Mr. Smith was just going to, oh, it's Sarah Jane, even though the voice is different. It'll just think, but he's like, Sarah Jane, you, you sound different and all this. So that was all good. Uh, I like the conflict between Mr. Smith knowing it's Sarah Jane, but you know, it's not Sarah Jane, but yeah, just the way she tilts her head and everything about the way she acted, it was really, really good. Yeah. Even when she has to do the little lizard tongue, the little CGI lizard tongue, it's just quick enough to get away with it. It doesn't, you know, it still looks quite good. So yeah, nice. And it's nice to see her like doing something different as well, rather than being locked up or captured, you know, yeah, to be possessed, it was cool. It does remind me a little, tiny little bit of um, Sarah Jane in the Android Invasion. You know, when she's playing the sort of uh, the robot, the Android Sarah, she's sort of very much like that sort of um, possessed sort of style, a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just reminded me a bit of that at the start. So no, yeah, no, she's she's great. Yeah, and I love her her normal voice, not possessed voice, mm-hmm. 
But you know when she does like voiceovers at the start and finish? I don't know about you, but I'd like her to sort of read me to sleep at night. Her voice <laughs> is just perfect for a voiceover. Like the way she tells that, delivers that monologue at the start and finish is just, I don't know perfection really it's it just is. brilliant yeah. yeah yeah i just love it. i could literally just close my eyes and listen to her talk is yeah <laughs> about the universe and the stars and you know i want i really buy into it you know i really believe everything she's saying to me in those monologues it's yeah, yeah. it's uh, great it's a shame really that she's no longer with us because um i've been mm. watching this series on bbc one this professor brian cox thing called the planets and i can oh, yeah. imagine liz sladen uh narrating that that's, yeah, that's yeah. Like a perfect fit. Amazing. Yeah. Not taking away from Brian Cox, of course, but, you know, just having her narrate that would have been, yeah, just perfect. I just think she's got a really soothing voice. I mean, I thought this isn't the first time I thought it. Every time she does one of those little monologues, um, I literally could just close my eyes and listen to it because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think she's got a really soothing voice. Yeah. Perfect for those sort of things. Yeah. Now you spot on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's great to see. Uh, Liz Slade in doing Sarah Jane um, in in every episode, but this is just an extra treat that we get to see her play something <laughs> yeah, else, and just as good as well. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. Uh, have you got any other story points or anything else on these that you want to mention? No, I was just I literally was just having a look at my list. Um, the only other thing I've got on it is a badly drawn owl, which uh, is to remind me that I spotted her. You know the owl toy that she's got at the end of hand of fear when she leaves the tardis oh yeah i spotted yeah. it in the background i had to freeze frame it i was like was that the i just saw the two big eyes behind her so um that may have been there all the time other people may have spotted that before but um yeah i spotted that in the attic and i thought that was a very nice little throwback that she's still got the the owl toy teddy whatever you want to call it yeah um, but yeah that's it that's the only other thing i've got on my pad is that badly drawn picture of an owl <laughs> yeah i don't remember seeing that before so that could no, be I don't addition. think it's yeah. been there before, but yeah, just noticed it in the background, yeah. Okay. Right, let's get on to scores then. Uh, yeah. You can go first, buddy. Okay, um, so yeah, it, this is enjoyable uh, and a good a good introduction to Series 3, um, but like you said, it doesn't break any moulds or it's not groundbreaking, so it's a good story. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. A 7. 7. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5. Oh, a 5. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like it's a great, um, well, it's a, it's a very good, a very good story. And although the Jadoon, they kind of, I think I would have scored it a bit higher if the Jadoon would have taken charge a bit more because effectively, although um, uh, Androvax is the villain of the story, uh, he's not in it as much in his natural form, so to speak. So the the predominant aliens in the story are the Jadoon. So it would have been cool for to have them a bit more. Mm. Uh, I don't know, uh, but anyway, it's it's a really good story, and it's certainly not a bad watch by any means. So, yeah, another recommended one, I would say. Yeah, yeah. another another good one. Yeah. yeah. Right. What do now listen think? I've got these audio clips saved from a few weeks back when you first sent them in. So uh, we'll get to those. This is the first one from Sammy from Dan and. G'day, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. Apologies, my voice is a bit croaky. I've been a bit sick. Anyway, um, Chormo-so-mo-ho-so, or whatever Prism of the Dune is in Judanese. I love this. It's a great story. And in fact, it's quite a vicious veil form. 
Nice to see the Nana Jinx again. I haven't seen them since the empty child the doctor dances. I like Captain Tybo. It's always good to see a Jadoon. Rani's parents get a bit more to do in this one. I do like Gita and Haresh. I give it eight Nano Jeans out of ten. See ya. An eight. Hopefully oh. next time less croaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a few weeks, Sammy, so hopefully... I hope you're better. Yeah, yeah poor yeah. Sammy. You sound a bit croaky there. Yeah, Nana jeans, of course, it's Dr. Dance. That was driving me mad trying to think what the story was with nanotechnology. And it's one of my favourite stories as well. Should have got that. Thanks thanks for filling in that gap for me, Sammy. And also, to reference another story, I've just thought, you know the spaceship that Androvax gets the nanobots to build? It, yeah. It was based on... Uh, it was kind of a pop culture slash... Um, conspiracy theory thing they used that they based it on the roswell crash you know the oh, really? whole thing back in new mexico yeah i remember that yeah and uh it's they used exactly the same design of spaceship in the animated thing called dreamland you know the 10th doctor animated short with him and martha yeah yeah it's exactly the same ship that they used in Sarah Jane. yeah yeah all right i've got i've got dreamland somewhere on the I haven't shelf, seen that yeah. in so long, yeah. But no, yeah. nor have I. No, yeah, it's the oh, same that's thing. Interesting. I didn't know that. Didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Sammy. Yeah, it's been a few weeks now, so hopefully that croaky voice has cleared up. <laughs> um, let's go to Matt Steele. Hello, come in. I've locked onto the coordinates of your TARDIS. Hopefully, I've got just enough time to send you another review. Hello, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys well had a good week. So this week, Prisoner of the Jadoon. The world in Sarah Jane's eye is really good. The CGI of the robot insects in the microscope was a little too animated for me. The Androvax is a really menacing villain and the makeup is really effective. The story has some really good humour in it as well, as always in Sarah Jane Adventures. Liz Sladen plays the evil villain extremely well, even her posture and mannerisms changed. Really good. This story shows that I think Clyde and Captain Tybo spin-off should really have gone ahead. It's a real shame that they never did that. The Jadoon seem a little less threatening in this compared to Doctor Who. I thought they were more humorous. Uh, the show as a whole looks like it's had uh, an upgrade and more money given to it. Gita and Haresh give really nice performances. It's a bit cheesy, but a really good story all the same. I give this 8 law-abiding Jadoon out of 10. Oh, <laughs> that looks like all I've got time for. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Matt. Oh, very entertaining review. Thank you very much, Matt. And That's 8 great. out of 10. Yeah, he had a good day in London as well, didn't he? He sent me a little tweet showing all the shops he got to visit and stuff. So, and it sounds like he bought a Sonic. It's well, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one, Matt. Matt Steele. Uh, let's move on. Uh, last review. This is Luke Malloy. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. It's Luke Malloy here, and we have the prisoner of the Jadoon on the moon platoon. Uh, Annoyingly, I haven't had a chance to watch this one this week, but from what I remember, it's a good little enjoyable episode. Um, Sarah Jane plays the dual role really well. She plays evil really well. Um, and when she's when she is possessed by the veil, uh, it really does give me the creeps. Um, she, she plays that really well. Um, the Jadeen, I, th- I, th- I think they're still good, but they don't suit the Sarah Jane adventures as well as, say, the Slivine or the Santorans. But uh, it's still enjoyable. I've actually just listened to uh, Jadoon in Change on the classic Doctor's uh, 
new monsters box set and that was fantastic to do in story but that's going off topic um yeah it's always it's literally just so enjoyable just to see um ronnie and Clyde and sarah jane have fun and being on adventures oh and luke as well God, i forgot about luke um yeah it's a good little season opener i'll give this one a seven out of ten thanks again seven, seven. same as me same as you yeah uh, thank you very much luke um and thank you uh sammy matt and luke uh, for sending in your audio clips, very much appreciated. Uh, over on Twitter, uh, Etchy said, uh, I've just watched this two-parter and what I got out of it was a really fun viewing experience. Yes, it was cheesy. Yes, it was a bit by the numbers, but I love seeing the Jadoon. Great episodes. I give it eight possessed Sarah Janes out of ten. <laughs> uh, Rick Moran says, a fun opener to the third series. Love the Jadoon driving the police Range Rover. Gives it a seven out of ten. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, our writer Jordan Shortman says, not the best, but not the worst episode. The Jadoon do feel like SJA villains, and the captain driving a police car is hysterical. Uh, I don't like Androvax, however. There's some nice throwbacks Ooh. to Sarah Jane being possessed in her time on Who, but otherwise not a favourite. Jordan. Oh, I quite like Androvax. Yeah. Uh, Jack. Uh, says um, uh, it's a lovely one to start off the series. It's good to see the Jadoon once more in the Hooniverse, and it introduces Androvax, one of my favourite villains, a seven point five. Mm, that sounds um, like he might come back. Mm, he does. Mm, he does, does he? come back. Yes. Okay, good. I don't know when, but he does come back. Yeah. Mm. And lastly, uh, Sarah Louise, the Running Hoovian, says yet again, Liz Sladen delivers a great performance. Luke saving Mr. Smith from Rogue Sarah Jane's evil command was genius. I found Clyde and Rani tedious at times, but overall it was a fun story. The Jadoon enforcing UK laws and driving a police ranger was just hilarious. And she gives it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. And lastly, on Facebook, we had a few over there. Joseph Howarth said, really good episode. I thought the idea of Androvax using bodies and controlling them was a neat concept. And, uh, Man, Elizabeth Sladen can really do evil very well. Uh, good to see the Jadoon back again. They really fit the Sarah Jane adventures very well. And good to see old Nick Briggs coming back to do them again. <laughs> good. Uh, 8.5 from Joseph. Uh, Charlie Turner says, uh, see if I get this right. Sko, no, ro, ro, to, mo, show, to, 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 to. That's Jadoon. That's Jadoon for a good story, but with nitpicks that I can't remember an eight out of 10. Thank <laughs> you for translating, Charlie. Charlie. And lastly, Kevin Mullen says, uh, Kevin Mullen says, uh, really rather enjoyable. The Jadoon are perfect for the Sarah Jane adventures in the same way the Sardine are. Uh, seven. Oh, here we go. Seven. Low, plow, vo, flow, o, oh, show, flow, row, blow, fo, po, crow, flow out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> you guys eh? you guys your jokes yeah <laughs> uh, so thank you very much guys for all your reviews very much appreciated as always love hearing from you guys next week it's classic doctor who adam what are we doing next week classic well break out your season 18 box sets why don't you because we'll <laughs> if you've got them because we'll be reviewing the fourth doctor story the leisure hive i see the leisure hive our friend morgan's gonna be delighted Every time I see him, he's like, when are you reviewing Leisure Hive? <laughs> oh, it's not on the chart, mate. Anyway, yeah, Leisure Hive next week. Yeah, should be good. Some Tom Baker action for next week. Yeah, and do I'm... make sure you watch the little extra of Tom throwing the prop across the studio set. He really wasn't a happy chap on that, making that story. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that! Yeah, he loses it. Yeah, so I'm looking for, I'm actually... I, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that one because, yeah, because we shall see. <laughs> tune in next week. It's like the old fashioned see. Tune in next yeah, week to find out week. why Adam's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Ledger Hive next week should be good. And uh, I think we'll wrap there, buddy, for 235. All righty. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to episode 235. It's been amazing being back recording the Doctor Who Big Blue Box podcast, listening to your guys' thoughts and comments, chatting with Adam. It's just so cool. I've missed you guys so much. I missed Adam. It's been uh, great to be back uh, doing this stuff, as always. Uh, thank you for your thoughts and reviews on Prisoner of the Jadoon. Very much appreciated. Next week, as Adam said, the Leisure Hive. And we're going to be reviewing some uh, some Tom Baker action next week so get your medium of choice watched whether that's the classic dvds or if you've got the blu-ray box set get those watched because we'll be asking for your thoughts on that Uh, head over to our website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of the previous episodes on there Uh, and there's also a bunch of uh, really cool articles from our writers who are doing all things doctor who related on there so give that a read Uh, remember to subscribe to the show in your podcast app of choice just do a search for the big blue box podcast you'll find us on there just drop a sub so that you don't miss a show when it goes out every friday Uh, we're also on all of the social channels so just do again just do a search for the big blue box podcast the main ones twitter facebook instagram we're on there chatting about doctor who and other things during the week so get involved in that Uh, remember to check out my co-hosts channel over on youtube the Geeks Handbag. The Geeks Handbag. The old uh, Geeks Handbag. Do you the old Geeks Handbag on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, to check out his channel and give him a subscribe. Yes. There's loads and loads of subs. videos on there. Some really cool stuff that will satisfy your geekiness for hours. Loads of reviews and unboxings and all sorts of stuff on there. So go and check that out over on Adam's channel. And Adam's also on the normal social channels as well. Under the same name, The Geeks Handbag. So give him a, a like and a follow on there because we chat Doctor Who and other stuff each and every week. So we get do involved indeed, with that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we will see you next week for episode 236. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... <gasps> uh, hey. 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 Hey.